Welcome to the Rabbi Greenberg Show, the podcast that brings Jewish knowledge to you. Everyone knows why we celebrate Passover. That's the Exodus. The Jewish people were slaves in Egypt for hundreds of years. And finally, after the 10 plagues, Pharaoh finally relents and he says, let the Jewish people go. And they leave Egypt and they're a free nation. That's what happened at the very beginning of Passover. The Passover Seder is the meal that we eat and the Haggadah that we recite leading up to midnight at which time the plague of the firstborn took place. And it was the next day, the first day of Passover, when the Jews were liberated from Egypt, from slavery. But why the last days of Passover? Why do we have two days of Passover, the end of Passover in Israel, one day, the seventh and eighth days, what do they signify? And the answer is, historically, that is really when the culmination of the Exodus took place. See, when the Jews left Egypt, they told Pharaoh that they were going for a few days to celebrate. And when Pharaoh discovered that that was not really true, they never said they're going to come back after three days, but they left it open that they might not come back. And when he realized that they weren't, he had a change of heart, and he took his entire army pursuing the Jewish people where they were situated right in front of the sea, the Red Sea or the Sea of Reeds. So they were between the proverbial rock and the hard place. They're being pursued by the Egyptians, and the sea is on the other side. So what were they to do? And this is the point where God tells Moses to take his staff and the sea split. And the Jewish people crossed the sea, and the whole sea is turned into dry land. And as soon as the Egyptians enter the sea, and they're all in there, the waters come tumbling down, drowning all the Egyptians. And the Jewish people were saved. And this marked the real culmination of the Exodus. Because as long as they still had the Egyptians potentially changing their mind to pursue them, they were not really totally free. Now, the Rebbe would often quote a Midrash that says, based on biblical verses, that when they came to this place where the sea had to split, four different opinions arose. You see Jews, two Jews, three opinions? Well, here you had four opinions. And this is like a multiple choice test where the answer was none of the above. What were the four opinions? One of them said, Look, we can't handle this. We're not going to be able to outrun the Egyptians. There's no place for us to go. Let us surrender and go back to Egypt being slaves. At least they will keep us alive because they need our slave work. That was one group. A second group was a militant group. And they said, no, no, we're going to fight the Egyptians. We didn't leave Egypt with weapons for naught. The fact that we have weapons means that we have to use them and we will defend ourselves and fight the Egyptians. A third group said, it's useless, it's hopeless. We're never going to win against the Egyptians. And not only that, we can't countenance the idea of going back to become slaves, being tortured. Let's just throw ourselves into the sea and drown. Let's commit suicide because that's preferable to any other option. That was the third group. The fourth group said, as Jews did throughout history, God is in control of everything. Let's pray to God. Now, few were given this on a test. 
which of the four answers was correct? Now, you already know that it's none of the above, but most people would have said fighting them was perhaps the right thing to do. Or maybe the right thing to do is to pray. When everything else seems futile, then pray to God for a miracle. But yet, God tells Moses that they're all wrong. And instead, tell them to keep on journeying. What exactly is this all about? So when we confront this situation, here you have people who are considering all sorts of options which may make sense under different circumstances. But here, there was a fifth answer and the correct answer. Because what was the reason they were going out of Egypt? That was not the end of the process. The end of the process was Mount Sinai, when they were going to be given the Torah. Remember when Moses was telling God, I don't want to be the leader, choose someone else. And Moses says to God, how do I know that they're worthy of being redeemed? And God answers, they will serve God in this mountain. Well, how does that explain? How does that explain why they deserve to be redeemed? They didn't get the Torah yet. They didn't observe the Torah yet. So one way of understanding that is that Moses was concerned that if the people are not really prepared, the people had no education, they don't know what freedom is. So what's going to happen is they'll get out of Egypt, they'll be free, but they'll relapse. They'll go right back to being slaves because the slave mentality would not have left them. So God says, don't worry about that. You're going to redeem them. You're going to liberate them. And 49 days and 50 days, they will get the Torah on this mountain, and that will fortify them. That will reinforce them and really give them the sense of true freedom because they will become a nation that has a purpose, a mission, a destiny. So that's why you don't have to worry that they'll go out of Egypt and they'll go back to their old ways and return to slavery. So therefore, God says to Moses, why are they looking for different options surrendering, fighting, praying, drowning, all these are not what the objective was when I let them set them and let them go free. Tell them to keep on journeying towards Mount Sinai. There's a sea in the middle? That's none of your business. Your business is to go straight ahead. And as soon as one person, the leader of the tribe of Yehuda, Nachshon ben Aminadav, when he jumped into the sea and it reached his nostrils, at that point the sea split. God says, you do your part, keep on going. And when you can't do any more physically, then I'll take over. But there's no room for any other alternative at this point. The same message has been given to us about the present day and age. Our mission is especially in this last generation of exile, is to forge ahead into the era of redemption. And how do we do that? By focusing totally on the mission that we have to do everything in our power to make the world change by doing one more mitzvah. So that's what the seventh day of Passover is all about. It's about the splitting of the sea which enabled the Jewish people to forge ahead towards Mount Sinai. But there's also more than just it gave them the ability to go to the next step. The splitting of the sea was a paradigm, was a forerunner 
of what was going to happen at Mount Sinai. What was going to happen at Mount Sinai? At Mount Sinai, there was going to be a revolution. Instead of the division that existed between the spiritual and the physical, the upper world and the lower worlds do not mix. God was going to abolish that division, that separation, and allow the divine, the spiritual, to pervade within, pervade the physical world, that there is no dichotomy between the spiritual and the physical. That aspect of the divine that was hidden from this world would become fully revealed. Well, that's what happened at the splitting of the sea. You see, at the splitting of the sea, it wasn't just a physical miracle where the water turned into dry land, it also was a spiritual miracle. Dry land represents that which is revealed. Water symbolizes that which is concealed. What is concealed? Godly energy is concealed, godly light. What happened there is that which was normally concealed was revealed. The spirituality that was unfathomable, that was inaccessible, became accessible. And that was a preparation for the time that they would get the Torah at Mount Sinai when the divine that was heretofore hidden would become fully revealed. But that process was only temporary because after Sinai was over, Mount Sinai was no longer holy. We're not even sure of the location of Mount Sinai because it has no more significance to us. Now we have to, when I say now, I mean right from the time the Torah was given, it's our mission to bring the divine into the physical by every mitzvah that we do. When we have critical mass, enough mitzvahs, the world has essentially changed. And that's where we are right now. And that leads us to the eighth day of Passover. The eighth day of Passover, which is known as Achron, the last day of Passover, is a day that is devoted to the future. In the Haftorah, the prophetic reading, we read about the characteristics of Mashiach, man of justice, the Spirit of God rests upon him, and about the various phenomena of the messianic age, that the wolf will lie with the lamb, and so on and so forth, all of this is read on the eighth day of Passover because the eighth day is a taste of, a reminder of the future messianic age. As we get closer to that age, this theme becomes more pronounced. The Baal Shem Tov, the founder of the Hasidic movement, established a custom that at the end of the holiday, to have a special meal, which was referred to as Mashiach's meal, the meal that is associated with Mashiach. Not only do we read about Mashiach on this day, because it's a day that has the theme and message of Mashiach in the air, we actually eat a special meal. We eat matzah, and later on the custom was instituted to drink four cups of wine to parallel the four cups of wine that we drink because of the exodus from Egypt. There's a four cup of wine uh, regimen that refers to the redemption of the future, and we drink that wine, we eat that matzah to internalize the energy of Mashiach on that day, and that is a widespread custom to eat that special meal known as Mashiach's meal. So the last days of Passover focus mostly on the future, the first days of Passover mostly on the past. Of course, in the first days as well, at the end of the Seder, we focus on the future, but the dominant theme is the past. And the last days, even though we talk about the exodus from Egypt as well, and we talk about the splitting of the sea, the focus is on the future. Everyone have a kosher and happy Passover, and may this Passover be the final Passover 
it should need, it doesn't have to be the final Passover in exile because we can be out of exile before Passover. But this Passover, we should certainly be celebrating it in Yerushalayim, in the holy city, in the Beit HaMikdash, the holy temple, with righteous Mashiach at our head. Thanks for listening to The Rabbi Greenberg Show.